Before we uh, get started today, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have revealed yourself to us in your word. We thank you that in your word we come to find, as we've seen this morning, your incredible love for us. We thank you for your word which helps us to know about Jesus and all that he has done for us. And we pray that as we hear from your word today that you might bless us and encourage us and strengthen us in it. And by your spirit, through your word, that you might make us more like Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. Only three weeks from Christmas now. Two weeks and the Sunday school will be taking the services. So I thought it was time for us to spend a bit of time thinking about and leading into Christmas. This morning, just a very short one to start with, Isaiah 7. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. There's the story, and I don't know if it's a true story or not, but the story of the Sunday school teacher who had the kids in the class and out at Sunday school teaching them all about uh, the nativity and about Christmas, uh, you know, leading into Christmas, just like the kids out there would be doing now. And the kids were doing a picture of, of the, the manger scene and she was looking at this one, this one girl's picture and there was, you know, there was the, the baby in the manger and there was Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and some wise men. And then there was this one really, really big fat man standing off to the side. And uh, the Sunday school teacher comes up and she looks at the picture and she says, oh, I can see who, all, who, who is this man? Though? Who's this big man to the side? And she says, oh, that's round John Virgin. <laughs> Which is my way of leading into, why do so many of our Christmas songs and things that we do at this time of year sing of Mary's virginity? Around yon virgin, mother and child. Lo, he abhors not the virgin's womb. I mean, that's a bit personal, isn't it? A personal detail for us to be singing about all of these years later. Certainly the Bible tells us that it's true that, that Mary was a virgin both at the time of, of Jesus' conception and when he was born. So, I mean, it's, it's something that's true and it's something that's interesting. Uh, no, nobody else, who else has ever heard of a virgin giving birth? It's a miraculous thing that's happened. But why does it matter? Why do we sing about it? What does it tell us about the baby in the manger? Please just excuse me for a moment. <sighs> So when Jesus was born, he was 
the first person since Adam and Eve to not have had a human father involved in his conception. Even now, even today, with you know, where science is at and with all of the things that they can do, you still need a father and a mother. They, they might not need to be physically involved together, but you still need both. Now, we see many miraculous births in the Bible. We see you know, uh, Isaac, the miraculous birth of, uh, you know, to uh, Abraham and to Sarah when they were both like, in their 90s. We see uh, Samuel is born, and, and that's a miracle because his, his mother had been barren, and that was something special that God had done. But Jesus stands alone out of all of human history in the way that he was born. Within Mary, the Spirit of God wove the eternal Word of God. The one the Bible tells us Jesus was with God since before the world began. But the Spirit weaves this person of God, this, this second part of the Trinity, in with the egg inside of Mary. And to be very clear, the Bible doesn't tell us that God slept with Mary in the same way that you know you, you, people try to say that, oh, the Bible was just copying what you know, the ancient Greeks had about you know, God's uh, you know, and their, their sons being born through women. But that involved a more direct approach when it was Zeus and those other ones. Uh, those stories like, you know, where Hercules came from and all of that. Unlike all of these, this was just something, that, just as God has woven together each and every one of us, as the Psalms tell us, in our mother's wombs. He did that with Jesus, but this time with no father being involved, no earthly father. And when the angel told Mary what would happen, he said this, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And in verse 35, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So... The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So one of the reasons that we proclaim the virgin birth, why it matters, is that by having no earthly father, God makes it clearer to us whose son Jesus is. That this baby in the manger is Christ the Saviour. That he is the Son of God. And to Joseph, the angel said this, Mary will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And in that one simple sentence, we have the reason for Jesus becoming human, for his dwelling with us. Sin, he will save the people from their sins. Sin is our rebellion against God. Sin is our failure to love God who has loved us so much that he created a perfect world for us. And then when we have ruined and corrupted that world by rejecting him, he has continued to love us even while we have continued to ignore him, disobey him and go our own way. 
All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. More than just being the things that we do wrong, sin is our fallen human nature. The things that we do wrong are the symptoms of the biggest sickness that we have, which is that we can't help but do things wrong because of sin. The Bible depicts us people before Jesus was able to save them from their sins as being slaves to sin. It's not that they could choose to sin if they wanted to. It's that they couldn't choose not to. And sin, the Bible tells us, separates us from God. God cannot be just and holy and allow sin to, be, to go unpunished and to dwell in his presence. The cost of our sin is death and being cut off from God. That's the message of the gospel. Well, that's, that's sort of, the gospel is the good news. That's the bit that you need to understand to make the good news good news. Because the good news is that Jesus has come and he will save his people from their sins. So the virgin birth reminds us that we couldn't save ourselves. You might think, how do I figure that? Humanity were not able to create our own saviour. It was not like we could just wait until the right day where the right father and the right mother would come together and we could create our own saviour who could save us from our sins. Contrary to the popular ideas of the world, the power was not in us all along. We couldn't do it. We couldn't save ourselves any more than a virgin can conceive all by herself. But Jesus, with God from before time began, became human, took on our flesh. By the Spirit, he was conceived in Mary, our Saviour, God, the Son, became human, fully human, but also fully God. And he was the only one who could save us when we couldn't save ourselves. And that is why he is Christ the Saviour. So that's one of the things that is well taught to us or at least is reinforced to us through the virgin birth that we, humanity, could not save ourselves. We needed a saviour. The second thing we see in it was that it was an act of grace. Jesus coming to us was an act of grace. Grace is a favour, a, a love, a, you know, something good given to you that you do not deserve. The wages you get from your work is not grace. That is an obligation. You worked, you deserved it. I mean, a Christmas gift, that is grace, although it does tend to come with that sort of obligation that we reciprocate to one another. This grace of God, there was no obligation for us to reciprocate. The grace of God is something he has given us not because he had to, or was expected to, but because he wanted to. And we see that grace somewhat in Mary. Just look at the woman who was chosen to be you know, called the mother of God. Yes, she loved God. Yes, she was faithful. 
Yes, she deserves our respect, not as, you know, worshipping her almost on the level that people do of Jesus, but as a human who was faithful and who loved God and is a good example. But she was born into the stain of sin, under the power of sin, as much as anybody else in all of human history. There was nothing about her that made her deserve to be the mother of Christ the Saviour, the Son of God. But she was, as the angel said, highly favoured of the Lord. Favour isn't earned, is it? Favour is given. Favour is something that we choose to show to somebody. God shows us his grace. He comes and he sends us a saviour, not because he looks at us and says, oh, they look incredible. I want to have them on my side. We might like to think he thinks that way. The Bible is more realistic about us, that having rejected God, we were his enemies. We were far from perfect, but he's loved us in spite of our imperfections. Loved us in spite of our turning our back on him. So the virgin birth reminds us in his choosing of Mary that God is a God of grace who gives incredible gifts beyond what we could ever have imagined. So seeing the virgin birth helps us to know Jesus is the son of God. It's not necessarily the case that he wouldn't have been the son of God, perhaps if God had chosen to give him work through a human father as well. But he did things this way to make it clear whose son Jesus is. It reminds us that he came to save us because humanity couldn't save ourselves. That was the other point. Not because he had to, but because of grace. All wonderful things to be reminded of. But in finishing up this morning... What difference does it make to us this Christmas? What difference does it make to what we do in this busy December season? The baby in the manger, born of a virgin. The Bible tells us we have an enemy. That enemy is the father of lies, is one of the names given to him. An enemy that wants to hurt God through us, leading his creations astray. And I think he has a favourite lie to use on Christians. And Anthony, you already spoke about this a bit this morning. And he has us trying to earn the love and the favour of God, which God has already freely given to us. We feel like God has done all this. I have to do this in order to be right with God. I have, to, you know, I have to read my Bible more. I have to pray more. And then God will love me more. In the things that we've seen this morning, in the virgin birth of Jesus the Saviour, we find freedom in knowing that we couldn't save ourselves. And that hasn't changed. So we don't need to try to save ourselves, but rest in the one who has come to save us. Because God was born to us. He did what we couldn't do. So this Christmas time, this period of 
this December time where so much is happening. We can trust in his grace. We can rest in our hope, rest in his grace as our hope of God's love for us. It doesn't matter if, you know, all of our plans for Christmas fall apart and if everything goes wrong. Because that first Christmas still happened. And that's the one that matters more than all. Because God, the Son, took on our flesh, took on human form, and paid the price for our sins. And so, I might just start with a little confession here. I find in December, as a pastor, it can be really, really easy to become bar humbug about Christmas. Because it is so busy, and I just see the wall of things that I have to do. This Christmas, let everything that we do during this season be done out of thankfulness. Not out of duty and to be seen as, oh, here's a wall of things I have to get done. But here are the things that I can do to thank God who saved me through his son when I couldn't save myself. Here is a list of things that I can do and you know what? If something goes wrong in them, it will be okay because Jesus has already dealt with it all. And if there's no power on Christmas Eve and we have to sing a cappella and if somebody, you know, key in the church gets COVID and isn't available for a service and if all of the wheels fall off, God is still there and Christmas still happened. And we can just be thankful. So this, this December, let everything we do this season be done out of thankfulness for God's grace. And put away the lie of trying to save ourselves. And let knowing his love for us grow our love for others. And let's put our hope in that baby in the manger, the son of God. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you came and became like us in every regard except one. You became like us in knowing hunger and sickness and pain and thirst and all of the difficulties of human life in this broken world. And you faced every temptation just as we have. But that's the one place where you were different. Where you were tempted, you did not sin. And then you went to the cross and you died for sins, not for your own, but for ours. We thank you for the reminder in the virgin birth that we sing about this Christmas that we couldn't save ourselves, which frees us from having to keep trying to save ourselves. But you in your love and your grace chose to save us. Because that is who you are. Because that is how, much, how great your love is.
So let us rest this December in your love. And let us show your love to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing silently.